0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I think I'm back.
2: From Dial Square to where is proud to have Gunas vs. Cancer as its charity sponsor for the season. Set up by the Gunas podcast, it is a brilliant charity raising money for leukemia and lymphoma research. Please help me to help them reach their fundraising goal by visiting vs.Cancer.com and see how to donate or bid for some great Gunas merchandise. Thank you.
0: hello and welcome to this special edition of from dial square to where this is a audio recording of the recent uh, collaboration i did with Canon for the tv the lovely alex and richard from arsenal tv i did it whilst i was on holiday in a uh, in new yorker um on the balcony of the bedroom and apparently i spoke so loud that the whole entire complex could hear everything that i was saying so uh, i hope you enjoy this uh, special episode it was recorded just before the um arsenal v liverpool match a couple of days ago so um enjoy shame
2: shame shame
0: and welcome back to
3: canon fodder the channel for Arsenal fans all over the world, including Spain, because we've got a newie, we've got a newbie, we've got a new face, who's in Spain at the moment, in Andrew.
0: Oh, I love block there. <laughs> <laughs> hello, how, how are, you? are you, all right? <laughs> we're live, we're very live. Good, very good, very hot. <laughs> very, yeah, it's lovely, yeah, lovely out here, so yeah, I'm very pleased to be on the show, thank you very much for inviting me.
3: No, it's, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, uh, to join in the uh, Canon Fodder uh, TV family. And um, talking about m- members of the family, we've got Richard from Arsenal TV. Richard, how's it going, man?
1: Yeah, man, I'm good. It's very hot in Klepten, um as always, but, you know, I'm good. Yeah, good, good,
3: good, good, good. So welcome to, to do uh, our Friday show, which is called The Easy Talk. And I don't remember how the name Easy Talk came about. I think I was just mucking about some words and I put them, I threw them up and it came down, it was um, Easy Talk. And yeah, it's turned out to be one of our favourite segments that we do on Canon Foy TV every Friday. We have a panel of wonderful guests giving their opinion about Arsenal, the team that we love so much. So um, what we wanted to talk about was, um, yeah, the, the game tomorrow, Liverpool versus Arsenal. We haven't won there in more than um, seven years, Andrew.
0: No. Well, it's going to change tomorrow. Definitely, in my opinion, it's going to change tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? Sorry, I've just moved slightly because it was still sounding a little bit uh, bad my end. So, can you hear me okay?
3: We can hear you nice and and,
0: and clear. Nice and clear. That that seems a lot better. That seems a lot better. So. Well, you want me to um, have a discussion about the uh, the match now? Because I missed what you just said just a moment ago. Should yeah, I go no,
3: we're it? just saying that. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about how we're going to uh, beat uh, Liverpool because it's been the best part of uh, seven years since we last beat them. It was a two 0 win, goals from um, yeah. Zola and um, yeah, Lucas Pod- Podolski. So, um, what are your thoughts, Richard? How yeah. do you think we're going to
1: we're going to beat um, them lot at Anfield? Um, I think the only way, the best way forward into beating, um, Liverpool is to play balls over the top of them, um, because Liverpool are going to be playing very high up top, um, and they're going to press us quite a lot, so I think the only way we can do it is ping the ball over the top of them and try and get in that way. Um, I know probably Fabinho is going to sit on, um, Ceballos, um, but I reckon Ceballos will handle handle it pretty well, um. But the only problem is it's our it's our right-back and left-back that I'm worried about, uh, mainly. Because um, I know Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been caught out a few times in games. I know he's not a predominant right-back, but he's he's only covering for Hector uh, Bellerin at the moment. Um, but this is where our left-back and right-back need to be on the top of their game, um, especially with the likes of um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson coming down the other side. So it's going to be tough, but... You know, I reckon that's the best way to go. I don't think playing that from the back is the best way for it. Mm.
3: Is it? Is it going to be as easy as that, Andrew? Just playing the ball, long balls over, over, over Liverpool.
0: I, I don't want to sound, uh, I, I don't know, a little bit too lackadaisical here, but I think it's a bit easier than that to be perfectly honest. Because I think that's a, an added. Parts to what I was going to say with uh, David Luiz adding the extra dimension to our play. Um, and if what I've been looking at today and uh, especially was Liverpool's sort of frailties and a lot of their frailties so far, very early days, obviously this season. But if you include um, all their matches this season, plus their uh, pre-season friendlies, then they've been very, I wouldn't say weak. But not as good, shall we say, um, at defending, believe it or not. There's massive strength. They've been conceding a lot more shots and they've been very finding it very hard to um, stop teams sort of from running at them and breaking between the lines, especially between obviously midfield and defence. And they've been caught several times uh, this pre season and so far this season. And bearing in mind um, one of the teams they played. Is Norwich, who they they obviously comfortably beat. However, the amount of shots they let on target um, against Norwich is a concern for them. Um, looking at the actual Liverpool media, as I did earlier on today, and the as I said, the amount of uh, they're allowing teams to be able to sort of run at them is quite shocking, really, compared to this stage last season and towards the end of last season, they're conceding twice the amount of shots. So, what I really believe is that we have to play Willock in midfield tomorrow because of his ability to carry the ball and run at their defence. And if we can combine that with David Luiz pinging balls left, right and centre, 60 yards to our front three, with two runners in midfield in Ceballos and Willock, uh, with Ferreira holding, then I think we've got an excellent chance, to be perfectly honest, because... Mm. Uh, but no defenders in the world, say whether whether it's VVD or anyone else you care to mention, like players running at them. And I would also uh, add, I think we should start Pepe tomorrow and take him off rather than bring him on in the later part of the game. I think it would be really useful right from the start to shock them almost by going at them straight away uh, in the game tomorrow. Don't let them get a hold in the game. Force our game on them. And if we have the front three with a Bamiyang on the left, um, Lacazette in the middle, Pepe on the right to start, I think it'd be vital if we can actually have the front three um, interchanging. So they're not staying in any one position for any length of time. And I think that would be extremely hard for any defender to handle as well. So if we can get the balls right to them front three, either via Sobajas or Willock um, and Danny and um, David Luiz. I think will cause them massive problems, but we've got to be got to be bold. We've got to actually do that and attack them and force our game on them. Now, hopefully, that will bring us a result. But if not, it will definitely be going down swinging. <laughs> <laughs>
3: do you know what I worry about, Andrew? It's the fact that I don't want to see Arsenal crumble like they did against them last season. We got the first goal, but when they got a goal back, it's like we lost confidence and we just crumbled. I don't want to see Arsenal crumble again. I want to see some leaders actually stepping up, you know, Absolutely. leading the team and not crumble. Not crumble. And the other thing I want to say as well is, you know, I know you said literally that we need to get at them and the amount of shots that they've had against them. But aren't we, aren't we just like Liverpool? Aren't we not just on Liverpool because our defense is just as bad, maybe, as Liverpool? The only difference is Liverpool's defense really, really they haven't been tested.
0: That's the only real difference. Yeah, they haven't played Arsenal yet, and that's that's the great thing. We need to be able to surprise a few teams this year, and I really do think we will. And I'm not good at suggesting for one moment that we'll keep a very easily keep a clean sheet and very easily beat mm. them, but I do think we've got an excellent chance, and I. I I think we're going to have to score three to beat them because there's no other way of doing it or more, obviously, which is very unlikely. Um, we've done it before. Obviously we last shot him. We need a good performance like that out of someone to, uh, tomorrow, but we've got to score goals and we've got to attack them because if we don't, if we sit back and we just put three at the back, like uh, Emery was, um, Emery was yeah, well versed in doing last season, We're going to invite them onto us and we we can't afford to do that because that's not our strength. We can't defend very well. We're better than we were, I think, with the addition of Louise, and we will be better still when Tierney's in the team. And what a shame he's not playing tomorrow with with Ellerin. That'd be a fantastic match-up with their um, uh, full-backs. But we've got to attack them because we know that we're going to concede. Mm -hmm. We know we're not the best defenders in the world. So it, we've got to go for it because if we don't score three or four goals, then the likelihood is we will lose. Hmm. Um, so hmm. that's the, that is our best form of defence, is attacking them. Um, yeah. That's the only way we can go. But I, I do honestly think that our team, when we are, if we are in that mood and are attacking correctly, we've got the team laid out correctly. We are a match for them this season. I genuinely yeah. believe that. We've got the yeah. personnel in the team to be able to compete with Liverpool. I don't think we should fear them. That's been my argument. That we've probably
3: gone to places like Anfield, you know, and Man City, and we've already defeated ourselves before we've even kicked the ball. Exactly. Yeah. We've, 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 yeah, we've given up. And hopefully, hopefully, with this, that some new personnel, new faces at, at, at Arsenal, we've probably gotten rid of that, that you know, mentality, that loser mentality. But Richard, I want to ask you this question: Do you think we have enough firepower? in the midfield? Because we can't be so reliant on Yang and Lacazette to pull us out of the hole. Do you think we have enough midfielders who are going to chip in with some goals this time Uh, around?
1: If I'm being completely honest, no, we don't. Um, Because we haven't had... We Our midfield, to me, is still unbalanced. Um, I I still think that in um, January, we do still need to go and get a midfielder because I know that El Elneny will be out the door. Um, he Emery's been as completely told him. Um, Emery has completely told Mustafi and El that he wants them gone. Um, so he's made that perfectly clear. Um, but I don't think that we've got enough firepower in the midfield. I think the only person that will be might be able to score goals would be Danny Sabayos and maybe um Granite Xhaka if he plays. But I think going for Granite Xhaka in that midfield is a bad idea as well because if Granite Xhaka makes any mistakes, they're going to lead to a goal. So and we and we don't want that. We want every player on that field to put in hundred and ten percent and show some fight. Um so for me, this is where I think um Joe Willock would be ideal for this game because he can carry the ball forward in terms of into the attacking third. So um no, I don't think we have. I know Uzzel is gonna be um on the bench, but I don't I don't think he'll play at all. Yeah, I don't so, think he'll
3: play either. No,
1: yeah. so Go to your question, Al no, I don't think we've got enough firepower that for our midfield to score goals in terms of our midfield no yeah well what about Pepe we, well, we, Pepe, we need goals from, from the midfield
3: we need a bigger group of players who can chip in we can't be so reliant on Abamian and
1: Lacazette to score the goals I know this is where for me I'd play with a four three three, match mm. Liverpool with the same formation because we've got the players to do it we've mm. got the players um, you know, this is another reason that I will criticise Emery for. Why bed in new players? Why bed them in? You brought them in into the summer. Why don't you just use them? That's why you brought them in because you know they're going to be in your starting 11. So maybe um, if we're going to go for Nicolas Pepe and I Lacazette, we need to play with a, a front three and go full at them. Go all cannons blazing straight at Liverpool because if we don't get off of the front foot, this is where we're going to be sitting back and Liverpool are going to come at us,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Andrew. What, what do you
3: think about having, you know, a, a bigger group of players who who are able to score goals, and Arsenal not being so reliant on the likes of Lacazette and Abamyang to to be our top scorers? Do you think we are a better place now? Do you think we have a bigger group of players who can who can support Abamyang and, and Lacazette?
0: I am a, I'm confident in that. Um in Willock being able to be that one that gets into the um into the area right exactly at the right time. I really am. He, he, Ramsey. He's very yeah. early days. Mm. Um it's very early days for him. He's got to play his his way into the team still, really. Um and I think he's doing fantastically. And I think he's got that knack to be able to get into the right place at the right time. Um and it's gonna happen for him. I, I'm not going to say he's going to be a, a prolific midfielder, you know, in the lines of, um, you know, Frank Lampard or Chelsea, but I do think he's got the ability to be able to chip in the same amount of goals in the long run as Aaron Ramsey did. Mm. I really do. Um, he's, he's re- I mean, look at that little cameo he did at the end of, uh, you know, in the Europa, Europa League final. Mm. He very nearly scored. He should have scored, but obviously, Actually, you yeah. know, it was in the right, you know, he'd had 10 minutes first-team experience at that point, so let him off, I suppose, but he got into that position in the first place. But that's a little bit of a sign of things to come. And, and I have seen a few of his matches um, when he was playing in the under twenty three, and he, he scored regularly. And he, he's got a he's got that about him. I really do believe that. Sabios, so I mean, how many shots did he have the other day? Three or four, and they were not they weren't far away. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, one of those is going to hit the back of the net one day very soon. So. If we can get a, really, you know, a really fit and firing, uh, Muzeruzel, um, there'd be no one happier than than me. Because I think if he can't get motivated to play with those three in front of him, then he ain't going to get motivated anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you if he thrives on assists, then what better front three to have really um, uh, than what we've got? So, will he play tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, will he be match fit? I mean, I know he's been training, but. He could have done really with a, a couple of runouts um, with the under two threes or a big couple of behind the closed doors friendlies or something maybe to get um, fully match fit. But he may have a, a, a part to play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we also discussing the goals, um, we've also got Martinelli, and I've got a lot of faith in him. So have I. I'm not saying he's going to play again tomorrow either, but he when he gets more games under his belt, more minutes under his belt. I honestly think that the uh, sky's the limit for that kid, I really do and um, he's going to cause so many problems for so many teams and that's a, yeah, I honestly think that he could displace one of our one of Abameyang, La, uh, Lacazette and, and Pepe because okay. he plays. He can play from the left, right or centrally but yeah. if we could slot him in sort of mainly cutting in from the left then it'll mean that um, in the long run, Lacazette and uh, Abameyang can have a bit of rotation and, and save them um, some energy for throughout the season, and I really mm. hope for that. Like you know, as as we get sort of close towards Christmas and the New Year, yeah. that he's available to do that. Martinelli. Just before we so I, on I, to the next I one, do it's... think we've got a lot of goals in us.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just just to go just to to, to top, top it off about Martinelli. What I do like about him there's as as well as going forward, he doesn't mind putting himself about. You know, tracking back, and that is one trait. No, that's that right. Unai Emery wants all the players. All the players to to, to, to to do, whether you know you're in the midfield or you're an attacker, everyone has to trap back and try and you know get possession of the ball back. And Martinelli, I remember, I think it was in the Fiorentino game, he was putting himself about. And I was thinking, yeah, this guy, mm. he can go places. He can go places. If he's if he's, and he's not up, intimidated he's... either, uh, absolutely. And he's only eighteen
0: years old. Only eighteen years old. Sky's the limit. He'll go toe-to-toe with anyone. And uh, I, I, that's what I like about Willock as well. I, I don't think it... I mean, it was, again, it was only a pre-season friendly, but the way he sort of set himself about the, the Barcelona players um, was absolutely fantastic. The same with Martinelli, the way he, he took that ball off Aubameyang's toes when he sort of flew in from nowhere and volleyed it, and it just went wide. And Aubameyang just smiled at him because <laughs> he thought, well, yeah, right, I'm, I'm, I'm having that. You know, he didn't, he didn't care. I mean, at first... At first, I think he was a little bit annoyed, he? and then he realised it was Martinelli, and he thought, yeah, okay, fair play. <laughs> back him up. <laughs> but uh, but Willer, he went um, toe-to-toe with everyone um, that he was playing against, and against Barcelona. And the same Barcelona. with Sabios, and the, the way Sabios sort of jinked between those two players. Um, Busquets was one of them, I can't remember the other one, but no, you know, no Fs given, and they, they just didn't care what kind of reputation they had. Mm. Um they're just like another pitch that I'm playing against today. So that's what I like, like about it, because there was a comment on Twitter today. I, I can't remember who it was from, but saying we cannot play Willett because he's going to be intimidated by, worse to the effect of, he'll be completely intimidated by the uh, atmosphere at and appeals. And I just think that's absolute garbage, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, obviously, but I really don't think he's that type of player. I don't. I think he'll thrive on it. Hmm. Hmm.
3: All right, so, you know, whoever's just come through and um, watching uh, Karen Foyer TV, the segment of an uh, easy talk, uh, hopefully it's going to be the bite size, not more than an hour, Andrew. <laughs> well, let's see anyway. Um, yeah, I've got Andrew, the Hinkley Gooner. I've got um, a, a regular favourite here, I'm Richard from Arsenal TV, in the house this evening. Can you um, hear me? Oh, oh, say again? Was it Andrew?
0: Can you hear me, Andrew? He can't hear. Hang on a rich- second. I'm going to um, just, I'll be back in one one second. I'm going to cut my Wi-Fi and go through my data just to see if that in- improves anything. Well, no, problem. One no
3: problem. No problem. No problem. Um, Richard, um, we mm-hmm. wanted to go through um, our 11, our desired yeah. 11. Of course, it doesn't mean that UNRM is going to choose the same 11 as our choices. I know you did your um, your Predictor 11, uh, your video. I saw your, your video today. Um, but can you remind Canon uh, kind of TV uh, viewers, what is your predicted 11?
1: Uh, my predicted 11? Well, first off, um, I've actually gone with a uh, 4-3-3 formation because I think that's the best way to do it um, if you want to go full throttle against Liverpool. Um, and I think that this is the, the best way forward for us in terms of this game. So I've gone with um, Lino in goal, which is a pretty straightforward choice. Um, In terms of my back four, I've gone with Ainsley Maitland-Niles at right back because, you know, he's the only cover that we've got for Hector Bellerin at the moment. Um, And then left back, I've gone with Nacho Monreal. Um, I just think that Nacho Monreal is better off in a back four than in a back three. So i have stuck with Nacho Monreal. Mm -hmm. Um, And my two centre-backs, I've gone with Socrates and David Luiz. I think David Luiz would definitely be key to this Liverpool game in knocking the balls over the top of Liverpool um, with these 60 yard passes straight to in, in terms of our front three. So um, I've gone with David Luiz, um, my free in midfield. I've gone with Joe Willock, um, Lucas Torreira. I think Torreira would definitely be key for this game um, because of his toughness, his aggression. Um, and you know, he's, he hasn't really had that much game time obviously because he's been at the um, Cup of Nations this year. So um so I've gone with that. I've gone with Danny Ceballos in that number 10, number eight sort of position because he can play in both. Because um, I noticed that during that Burnley game, sometimes Ceballos dropped back to play in the number eight and then he yeah. moved up in the number 10. So that's why I've stuck him um, in behind our front three. Um, my front three attackers, I've gone with Nicholas Pepe out on the right, Lacazette in the middle and the Aubameyang out on the left. Okay, okay. Uh,
3: Andrew is back with us. Can you hear me? Andrew's- yes. Yes, I can okay. very well. Okay, good.
0: Can you, hear, uh, can you hear me? Okay,
3: we can hear you loud and clear. So we're just going through our right. eleven. Um, what What would be your um, your eleven for this,
0: this game? Uh, exactly or... the same as Richard, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And I, I, I've been very impressed with uh, Anthony Mate Niles actually this season. I think that the arrival of Pepe and David Luiz has brought him on already. If I'm honest, he's raised his game. Um, I think he's been very, uh, very steady, and I think his pace is going to be very useful um, in this match. And um, his stand-up tackling is vastly improved so far. I know it's only a small sample size, but um, he's been great as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think long-term, I think I don't know if I, I mentioned this before. Um, I think that longer-term, it's not going to be who's going to be partnering Socrates um, in the centre of defence. I think David Louise has got to, got to be playing whenever he's, he's fit. Um, but um, I, I think basically going to be um, who's going to be partnering Rob, Rob Holding and, and if he, when he's fit as well because <laughs> I can only see that um, it's going to be in the long term, Rob Holding and David Louise and I, I, I think they'll be a, a, a brilliant partnership when, when they get used to each other. Uh, in the short term, and sort of, you know, I, if we're going to be looking at David Louise for maybe a couple of seasons, because yeah. I don't think William Saliba is going to be uh, going immediately into the team when he arrives. He's going to mm-hmm. need a bit of time. He's um, still only going, going to be nineteen, then. So yeah. I, I do think that David Louise will be with us um, next season as well, which mm-hmm. I think he's more than capable of. But I think Rob Holding alongside him will offer an awful lot of pace and um, the ability to sort of. Uh, if recover, you know the recovery pace. If any kind of slips or slides, they're going to be able to get back. And um, between the two of them, and they're, they're both good ball, ball playing centre centre uh, centre half, sorry, mm. uh, which is what's very important in this day and age. Mm. So, but at the moment, I'm totally in agreement. I think that it's got to be Socrates um, partnering David louise and Nacho Monreal. Again, he's been sound. I think he's always good up until in the last couple of seasons. Uh, he starts to run out of legs about Christmas time and starts getting knackered at the end of the, the, you know, in the second part of the season. So I think Tierney will be back before we know it. And um, he's happy, comfortable to see us through until that period. I think he's, yeah. he's been good. Um, but yeah, this, the midfield three is what I've been saying for a while. I think he offers everything. I really do. I think they've just been, they're lacking a little bit of experience, obviously, but they're only going to get that by, th- you know, throwing them in. And... um you're not going to get much more of a pressure cooker atmosphere than Anfield. But I think they're they're more than capable of of dealing with it. I really, uh, you know, especially, you know, Willock and Ceballos, uh, I don't think they're going to be phased in the slightest. So they offer a lot more legs and and guile and um, the ability to sort of beat a man and um, break into that space. And I think Ceballos is definitely going to have that killer pass um, available in his locker. Um, And also, you know, the, the shots, as we saw the other day. Uh, the mm. curling shots from the edge of the area, they're going to be dangerous. And one of those is, like I said, it's going to, it's going to bulge the net one day, very soon, I think. Um, but you know what, Andrew? But yeah. I, mm.
3: I, I've got a funny feeling that Shaka is going to make a return tomorrow. Yeah. I really got, hope not. For some reason, well... For some, really for some reason.
0: really
3: hope not. Uh, Unai Emery does rate um, Shaka. And I think Shaka as well is one of his uh, designated one of the five captains. So... Shaka, you can put your money that he will play
0: Shaka tomorrow. If um, if he's going to make play him and, and sort of give him show faith in him, because I've I've got no issue. It's only today again on Twitter that I, I spoke about Shaka. I've got no issue with the guy, and I think he's a a very competent, good footballer. But he's not got the not only if people go on about his lack of pace, which is true, uh, it gets him into trouble. Um, but he's got a lack of pace in his brain, and it doesn't suit. You know. It, People go on about having a footballing brain and, and you've got your first two yards in your head. Well, he's got his first one yard in his head, but two yards back. Um, <laughs> he, he can't think quickly enough to play the quick ball when when it's needed in the, in the Premier League. And I think somewhere, yeah, people have mentioned Italy. I think it would suit him down to the ground. Um, but if we play him tomorrow, I think we're committing a bit of suicide, to be perfectly honest. Because we we more than anything we need legs in in the centre of the park. Exactly. And he can't offer that. And exactly. when we mm. when we're talking about those balls that we need thinking over, he can do that brilliantly. But he can't do it as well as David Luiz. He's better than him at it. So when we've got David Luiz, he, he's a bit redundant, mm. um, mm. Granite Jacker, because that's his that's his biggest strength that's is those quality. balls. Yeah. But David Luiz is better than him at doing it. So what well, we don't need him. And I I don't like saying things like that about our own players and I'm not mucking him off but he's he's not suited to our style of play or the Premier League style of play more than anything unfortunately. I do I I really like the guy and he's got a good attitude. i will be very
3: surprised if we don't see him tomorrow. I've I've got a sneaky feeling that Emery will play him. He's fit and and I yeah Emery rates him and of course he's one of the um, the five captains at Arsenal. So yeah it's just, just mark my oh, yeah. words mark my words yeah but you're oh, right you know we need legs, you know and he doesn't have a point in 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 the leg department
1: but yeah um, the only one he can take
0: the place sorry go on go on big pardon. no alex
1: yeah alex going back to the point that um, andrew made that like david louise and the long passes and um, Grant Xhaka, I've noticed that when Grant Xhaka makes a long pass, sometimes it gets caught offside a few times. Well, as David Luis, did you see the pass that he made against Burnley? Straight over the top. Yeah. He timed just right. He timed it just right, but it, it was just a, a Bamiang, or I can't remember if it was a Bamiang or like, Lacazette just couldn't get onto it in time. Um, yeah. and, so- and, it is tr- and it is true. I don't think that Grant Xhaka is suited for the Premier League because yeah. I think That's that. Origin. We've said it before. No, I, know. I
3: love him. I love him. But- He's not He's not suited for the, the, the Premier League. He no. wants five, six, seven touches. And in the Premier League, you don't get time to, to
1: have five, six, seven touches. Mm. In, the pre- got... in, in the Premier League with the players, you need to... So before you even receive that ball, you need to know where everybody is before you even receive that ball. Then the quicker you get the ball, the quicker you can release it. Mm. So that, that's pretty much how the Premier League is. Whereas if you look at um, Spanish football, if you look at Italian football, it's more of a slower pace. It's not as intense as to what it is in the Premier League. Hmm. It hasn't got that physicality side to what the Premier League has. So maybe going to Italy would be the best bit for him because like his pace is just a little bit off compared to everybody else. And if he plays, he's gonna struggle. He will struggle in getting back. Yeah. There's
0: a couple i he do amazing in the in the American in the uh, in America.
1: Yeah um, the MLS he'd be
0: it, he, yeah, the name I don't know why the name escaped me for a second. Yeah, but <laughs> but it, well, I actually call him a quarterback anyway because of the way he plays and uh, yeah. the you know putting the balls. But uh, he's got the chance of being the probably you know one of the most most valuable players in America because he will have loads of time and he he would show his class. Yeah, I think he'd be yeah. doing fantastically there. To be perfectly honest, mm.
3: there's a couple of tweets I want to go through before I go into the chat, the live chat, and um, these tweets read as as this. Uh, he's a very good, accomplished player. I've got nothing but good feelings towards him, despite his mistakes and lapses. The simple simple fact is he is better suited to a slower pace than the Premier League because his brain sees things slower on the pitch and he doesn't have the pace. Mm. I wonder
0: who wrote that. Ooh, oh, let me think. That was today, <laughs> didn't it? I, I wrote that today. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, have, I, I stand and by it, yeah
3: it's true it's true and the other one you wrote as well um if Emery's brave and bold this season forces our game onto the opposition rather than worrying about um what they're, they're going to do to us and instead of make instead of making the opposition worry about what we will do to them then we can and will be challenging liverpool for second rather than worrying about top 4 i couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you uh, more andrew and just one more. Uh, if we got teams from the off, especially when we have Bellerin and Tierney in the team and Pepe is fully ready, we'll smash a lot of the teams and make the league fear us again. Um, yes. It's down to self-belief and how we're set up. Uh, we've got to stop feeling like we've lost to Liverpool, Man City, etc., etc., etc. And that's, that's like I said last season. I got the feeling that before we've even travelled there... We've already lost,
0: and that's well, down to I've, mentality. I was sick, sick to death of seeing all the tweets over the last couple of days of people saying, you know, resigning the fact that we're going to lose tomorrow. Yeah, and it, it really, it really annoys me because there's no reason for that at all. We might well get beaten, and we might well get beaten. You know, I don't we definitely won't get beaten five-one again, the same as we did last season. But we might lose, of course. You know, it's, it's a 1v1, one one, you know, one team versus one team. And one team's going to win, one team's going to lose, or you're going to get a draw. And But we've got to do the best and be as confident as possible, walking into every stadium in the around um, England, every time we go away, with our chest pumped out, like we used to, and thinking, yeah, you, you're going to be in for a game today. And we've got to get that mentality back, because we've got mm. the personnel to do it now. And we just need... And I have got a lot more belief in um, Emery than I did have last season. Mm. But he's got to show it now consistently and he's got to be bold and brave. And the problem is, if he go, if he resorts to type tomorrow and goes back to a back three, for example, or, you know, he does pick Granite Jacker over one of the younger players with more energy and more pace, then, I'll, do you know what? I will be really disappointed in him. I really Likewise. will because... Likewise. We've got to... Mm we've got to have that mentality and we, we will We will definitely surprise an awful lot of teams and I, I honestly mm. think that they will if we do it right tomorrow, Liverpool won't know what's hit them, and yeah. they really don't I think they'll be, they are confident because of what's happened last season but yeah. um, I don't think they'll be expecting it I really don't, um, so do finger, you know fingers crossed
1: Do you know what, I, Al, do you know what, going to Liverpool do you know what I'm actually quite optimistic and quite confident about this game because I've noticed with Liverpool, um, well, even in the Champions League final, Liverpool wasn't all that great. To be quite honest, they wasn't. No. Um, and you think about the the last two games in the Premier League, they've conceded goals. So can you just imagine how Liverpool would be if they lost the likes of Virgil van Dijk? They would be literally screwed all over the place. I think if... I think, And also, I think that this is a point that Liverpool should have gone into the transfer market because I think they've missed a great opportunity to um, to go and bring in some more players and try and push them for that Premier League title. Because I know, I know that they was one point out from getting the Premier League, which is which is a p- kind of unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I think that Liverpool is going to struggle because they haven't strengthened anywhere during the, um, the transfer window. So this is where I think that Arsenal could have the upper hand. Because with what Arsenal have done, we've identified the areas that we needed. Um, in terms of a winger, we brought in Nicolas Pepe. We brought in a left back. We've brought in another centre back. But I do, I do think that um, David Luiz wasn't our main choice to bring in. I think it was kind of a panic because we well, yeah, did. was it? Because of what happened with um, Caselli. We got him exactly. That's group. why. Yeah. That's why I think it was a little bit of a panic. So I know Arsenal was going for Upper and during that, that point, but they thought, well, because it's getting later to that like stage and the window's going to be closing, let's go and get David Luiz because he's been hinting that he wants to come to Arsenal. So we got him straight away, but I reckon Arsenal will be uh, proactive during January. I've got no doubt about that. I think we will because I think all the deals will be in place um, before the January window already opens. Um, I, I personally would have liked this Liverpool game to be um, sometime in November. That's where I would have liked the game to be because, obviously, you know, we're going to have Bellerin fit. Um, Rob Holding will be back. Tierney will be there, thereabouts. So I think this will be more uh, um, a game for us to go and win. But I, I think that we can get something out of this game. But I'll be happy to go Of course we
3: can. Of course we can. Let me go into the chat very quickly. Um, we've got Sanjay Joseph who says, apparently, he didn't see any pictures of Lacazette training. Is he fit, Sanjay? As it was
1: that training? As it was at training?
3: It was at training. Okay, I didn't yeah, see any, any any footage there. And I've got um, another comment from um, Sanjay he says, "Um, Servios, and Willock are inexperienced, Andrew, when compared to Henderson, Fabino, and Milner, especially
0: at Anfield." Um, apart from Fabino, can you name another? Liverpool midfielder that you would really love to have in, uh, at Arsenal now, because I, I, I wouldn't really want. I mean, Milner, how old is he now? He must be about 105 by now. <laughs> uh, we've got Jordan Henderson, is a know yeah, a good solid Premier League player, but that, nothing more. He's not world class, is he? No, no. And no. what um, we um Wijnaldum, he was a reject from Newcastle not that long ago. He he's had a good performances last season, he, he really has and, and I'm not slagging the guy off at all but he's not a brilliant world-class player either is he, really? He, he scored a few good goals last season mm. but Fabinho is probably the only one you could say is potentially world-class. You yeah. know, a world-class player that they've got mm. I, I, I honestly think that if you compare those four players that they've got, our midfield is stronger I really yeah. do if you're good at... If you, <laughs> You know, the old cliche, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Absolutely. And I, I, hmm. They do need more experience, but how are you going to get them that experience if you keep leaving them out because they haven't got the experience? You've got to play them. You've got to play them. You've got to play them. They, do you know what? They haven't had the inbred mentality of some of our previous players. And when I say inbred, I don't mean inbred as in, you know, trailer trashed inbred. Hmm. I mean, the negative mentality that a lot of our players had and the cosy, comfort, uh, comfortable nature that the dressing room had whereby, you, however you played, you got your your place in the team the next week. They haven't been brought up like that, these guys. Yeah. So that is um, why they, they, they haven't got that inbred fear, really, of, of going away, playing away either. They haven't mm-hmm. been part of all that failure over the last um, few years. Um, so we do need them. We yeah. need them for that res- uh, respect as well as their, their talent. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got no hesitation of, in playing them personally. Yeah.
3: OK, so quick it back into the chat again. I've got one here from Don Juan. Good evening, Don Juan. And he says, Anfield is not the intimidating place it was 10 years ago. All the premiership grounds feel neutral, including the Emirates. If you have been to the Emirates? Yeah it's, yeah, it's like a free-for-all. It's not a fortress like it used to be, but it's time... That we did make Emirates a fortress, a place to be feared. But yeah. And another one here from Gunaglen. Good evening, Gunaglen. Again, thank you for the shout outs on Twitter. This is a yes, well, right. Shaka will start tomorrow. I'm absolutely sure, Andrew and Richard,
1: that he's going to be there tomorrow, playing in the midfield. Yeah, I've got a thing. I've got a feeling he'll probably be captain as well. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, he, he
3: will be. be. He will be. I can, I can just see it. I can feel it in my, you know in my in my waters. Well, yeah. and another one. uh, Shaq and, uh Mkhitaryan have a chance to start. Oh my goodness. I don't think Mkhitaryan. I don't think he'll play tomorrow. I don't think he'll be playing tomorrow, Andrew.
1: I do. <laughs> I, I, you know what, Albert? I personally don't think is good enough to play in this game. Um, because he wasn't really that great in the last game he played for us either. He put in probably one of the worst performances. But with Mkhitaryan, he it's like he has one good game out of five. Mm. That that's what that's what it's like. It's not it's not as if he's playing uh, four good games and he has one off day. You know you can't really complain with that. I know every player is going to have an off day, but Mikatarin, I don't think he should play in this at all. If you're going to attack Liverpool, hit him on the front foot. Play yeah. strengths.
3: Yeah, I can't see Mkhitaryan playing tomorrow, and I hope not anyway. And just someone here alluding to the point we were talking about, Shaka um, being more suited for the Italian league. And someone said, Don one says, I disagree. Italy is a very physical league. It's not just as fast as the Premiership. Well, we, we we said that it's not as fast as the Premiership, but I think the pace of Italian football is more suited for Granite Shaka. He will have more time to take the four, five, six touches and then release the ball. Premier League, is it three seasons he's been with us now,
0: Grant Shacker? I think this is his uh, fourth, isn't it? Oh, oh wow, okay. Yeah, and he's been with us three full seasons. You're right. Yeah, I think
3: so. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And one more before we move on. Uh What's this one? Uh Gunnar Glenn, few beers and Arsenal chant chat. Yeah, perfect Friday. Thank you, uh, Gunnar Glenn. Thanks for that. And one more, if we sign a uh, for McConnell in January, that will be
0: madness. Can I so say he... something about that quickly? I think yeah. I think that uh, Raul may have already probably signed that one up. Possibly. If we actually, Possibly. if we actually yeah. made that offer, if we made that offer, um, that's widely reported by a lot of you know reputable places, then there's no re- way he would just sort of okay, we'll walk off and just leave it at that. I think he would have. Um, carried on those negotiations, personally, and um, secured him. not Maybe not even for um, possibly signing him in January, but loaning him back for the rest of the season. That's what my bet would be.
3: Mm-hmm. OK, and I have a, someone I recognize, my brother, Ralph Lee. Hyby was a fortress. Emirates is just an open ground. Yeah. An expensive place to, to, to go to, anyway. Very expensive. And he says uh, we have to have Torreira. In Meccatarian is just just isn't good enough for me. And one more in the chat from Horizon One Hundred One. Good evening, Horizon One Hundred One. He says, uh, "Were there enough chances created for our forwards with the midfield for the Burnley game?" Richard.
1: Um, Yeah, I think there was enough chances because I know that Dani Sibayus was trying very very hard. And do you know what I like? I like what I like about him. He's, he's got that winning mentality, especially when he was celebrating when Abba scored the goal. Um, you know, we haven't seen that a lot of from a lot of players. Um, but yeah, I think we created more chances. Uh, created more chances. Than Burnley did. Um, I think there's a few chances in there that we should have buried, to yeah. be quite honest. Um, but yeah, I think there was enough chances created for us to go and win the game. But you know what Burnley's like? They're a very tough side. Um, and they were trying because what what Burnley do they defend they defend quite deep when they come towards the top six sides Um so yeah I, I do think that we had enough chances um, to finish the game off of the Burnley game hmm. OK
3: it takes me to uh, my segue um, we've just come into uh, the, the live uh, stream the easy talk um, we've got uh, Andrew the Hinkley uh, gooner and we've got Richard um, a regular on a uh, Canafroy TV Andrew, can you remind my, the viewers, wh- where, can they find you? Where can they find you on the social platforms?
0: Um, on Twitter and, uh, well, Twitter is mainly the best one to go to. It's at from dial square, which is, um, coincidentally the name of my podcast and YouTube channel, um, uh, from dial square to where actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I am on Facebook, which is, um, uh, uh, from dial square as well. And, um, instagram but i'm very rarely on instagram to be perfectly honest so yeah if you have a look at my youtube channel um search from dial square to where you will see the uh the videos that i'm starting to put on there quite regularly and uh, my podcast is on all of the major pl- podcast platforms i should say put my teeth in uh, spotify itunes etc so yeah please uh subscribe that'd be
3: fantastic there you go. You heard it from the man himself. And I'll leave the link for his uh, social uh, platform links in the, uh, the comments box when we finish the live stream. Uh, Richard, can you tell everyone where they can find you on the social platform? Um,
1: yeah, they can find me at Twitter. I've got two Twitter accounts, one for my Arsenal TV, and I've got uh, one which is my normal um, Twitter, which is um, Richard AFC 7 um, you can find me on Facebook but I don't I just kind of tend to keep that to my uh, private life <laughs> but, uh, but yeah um, you can find me at my youtube which is awesome TV I'll put the link in I'll put the link in the comments box because some people can't find it and I'm on way and I'm on my way to1,000 subscribers so yeah so what are you going to do when you reach1,000 subscribers Richard um, I'm actually gonna dye the middle of my hair blonde wow so guys I've come done on. It You've I've done, done it before.
0: I'd, do, I'd do it red if I was you.
1: Oh, uh, there you go. I've been tempted. I've been very tempted. but pretty no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> So come on, guys. Let's go to another couple of hundred to subscribers. To... That would be. There you go. So make sure Richard can reach his uh, target of a thousand subs- uh, subscribers and he puts the red or the white in the middle. <laughs> and I might just do it myself as well. And Andrew might do it as well. Actually, no, that's, that's pushing it a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll just get a tattoo instead on my top of my head.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, guys, before we move on to the, the, the final point I want to, we want to talk about, can I get a prediction from you guys for the match tomorrow? So, Andrew, what's
0: your prediction for tomorrow? Um, I'm going con- going to actually change my mind from a few that I put on Twitter earlier on today. Um, I, I was predicting 2-1 to Arsenal, um, but I'm going to change it to 3-1 Arsenal. I think we're going to go for it, and I think we're going to get, a, you know, probably 3-0 head, and uh, they're going to start coming back. But I do very, I'm very, very confident we're going to win tomorrow, more than anything else.
3: OK. And Richard, can you remind us? Or, uh, I'll
1: um, you? Yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm in an R in whether to go with a 2-1 or go with a 1-1 draw because um, I know the last time we played them at the Emirates, we drew 1-1. And yeah. obviously, yeah. at Anfield, we, uh, we lost, considering we scored the opening goal first. Um, I'll probably take a 2-1 Arsenal, because I feel that it will be backwards and forwards. Um, I think it'll probably be about a 50-50 game, but I reckon if Arsenal go full out from minute one, I reckon we could get the job done. So I'm going to go 2-1.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm going 2-2. If you saw my, uh, my uh, preview uh, earlier on
3: today,
0: I went for a oh, 2-2. Yeah. I reserve my right to change my prediction pre-kickoff <laughs> if if uh, if no if Granny Jacker is named in the team and uh, Mikatarian, I reserve yeah. my judgment to admit to alter it just before kickoff. Okay,
3: I, I might I might be following you down that same route as well, uh, Andrew. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see. Right, and the, the last point we want to talk about um it was something that's been um has marked. Uh, British football for a a very, very long time. I was born and bred in London. Of course, I'm a a black man with a black family. And, um, yeah, racism, racism. You know, whoever saw the game there with Manchester United and Wolves, um, someone missed a, um, a penalty and he got a barrage of abuse. And I'm just wondering, at what point, what point can we finally eradicate racism out of football? Some people have said literally that the the bigger picture is it's a society uh, issue that they have to deal with first before Arsenal or Arsenal, um, before football can actually deal with it. And my argument is wherever you are in society, whether you're working or you're at school, you have to confront a racist point of view and idealism wherever you are in your life. Uh, I work in schools and if I do hear a scent of racism, I confront it. If Arsenal, the the FC, deals, um, hears anything about um, someone being racist to a player, they would deal with it. Now, this is going on for a very, very long time. I remember seeing a documentary that Ian Wright did a few months ago, talking about all the other players, the, the ground makers there, and they face racism, even to the point where John Barnes had a bullet sent to his um, his address. But yet, we're still... We haven't moved forward. I don't think we have moved forward. We are in the same place, dealing with the same issues. Andrew, how can we go forward? I know, I know it can't. It can't be dealt with on on this platform. It can't be dealt with.
0: But what's your thoughts? I was um, at, properly properly sick to my stomach when I saw those uh, tweets. Um, was it Monday? I believe it was um it was that genuinely shocking and you know, i've been fervently against and, you know any kind of racism my whole entire life it's the way i was raised mm. and um i've raised my children to be the same and uh i don't i don't understand people that do it personally i mean I've, it's got nothing to do with football but i mean mm. racially abusing anyone full stop is just an absolutely disgusting thing um but, you know, putting it in the football context, which I don't like doing because it's it's not really a football thing. But to actually do that to one of your players as well, you know, as a fan of that team. I mean, why would you do that? Anyway, um, eradicating it out of football. Again, it's, its football is part of society. Yeah. So people say it's a society problem. Um, it's got to be educated from a very, very young age. From preschool age potentially, right from the word go, because it's not going to go away by education uh, of the people that are actually doing it now. You know, mm. it's not. It's, it's going to have to die out over probably two generations if we do it right. As a, you know, as part of the education in schools, um, but we've got to wait for these people that are passing it down to their children to to, to move on. As well, mm. because they get it from their parents. Obviously, they do not are not born that way, are they? So, mm. um, regards to football, it's got to be right across the, the world of football. There's got to be a FIFA thing and a UEFA thing. That um, there's—I don't even like having strikes, but it's got to be a, a system, um, a three-strike system, in my opinion. First thing, when you have uh, racism going on, you get docked points. Second strike, you're out of the the cup competitions. And if that happens to be a team that's in Europe, they're out of European competitions as well. Mm. And then thirdly, if they do it again, then they have to get relegated. Simple as that. And people yeah. will laugh and say, that's too harsh. It will never happen. Blah, blah. Well, that's the only way it will happen to get it out of football. Because people that are standing next to the people shouting these racist abuses, it's, if they obviously they're not involved, they don't want their team to get relegated, obviously, or kicked out of all the cup competitions. But they might start doing some self policing within the in in the, the stadium. And I know they're probably worried about that a bit by you know fights kicking off. But surely they've got enough money to have enough of a security presence in these stands to sort sort that problem out. Rather that, you know sorting out and chucking out a few people, then having full-blown racism going on within the ground, un, you know, un, not, not unnoticed, but uh, <clears throat> unattended. So it's got to be something of that kind of um, of punishment to, to mm-hmm. actually do anything. Otherwise, all these people that the clubs you see reported all the time, oh, they found so-and-so who was doing the racist chanting and they've been banned for life. Well, great. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's not going to be... Solve anything. It's not going to solve anything at all. It's got to be very severe punishments in order to for this to actually sink in across the world of football. Hmm. Um, that's the only way I think. Anyway, that's the way I yeah. would uh, like it to be handled.
3: Richard, do you do you think UEFA and FIFA are doing enough to 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 stamp out racism in football? Do you think they actually take it serious?
1: I know that UEFA and FIFA are trying their best to try and kick racism out, but I don't think you ever will because um, I think it's more of a day-to-day life sort of thing because if you look at... I know when um, Tammy um, Abraham got racially abused just for missing the penalty at the Liverpool game in the um, Super Cup final, um, and it was his own fans that that racially abused him. How can you be a fan of a club when you're racially abusing your own players, I why? Like, I, no, I just I don't think we'll ever kick it out of football. And you know, as Andrew said, you know, it is a society thing, and it's about education. I just don't think maybe these people—they're being racially abusing. They, I think, they're just getting a buzz out of it. Hmm. That's what I think it is. But I just think it's disgusting. I honestly do. It's it's wrong racism, there should be no room for it in football. If, if you're going to racially abuse your own player, then I think you need your season ticket taken off of you. See, yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but that's, I think the that's the absolute media. bare minimum. Is, absolute is that the, bare I know, minimum. I know, but then again, if you think about it, it's, it's not going to take it away because if you think about it, then the people will go onto social media and start abusing the players that way. But we we'll have to start somewhere exactly playing. this is this is where I think then the social medias need to take action as well because I don't think social medias are doing um taking much action either
0: well the, the first time I've ever heard um that Twitter were actually going to go meet with Manchester United and talk about the 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 issue that happened the other day. I've never heard of that before, so that's positive mm. for a start i've never uh, have you ever heard of that sort of thing happening never never that's no not- never. Never. So, so that's step, that's in good. The right but they're obviously gonna because I first things first, just very quickly, I know you're gonna be stuck for time, but the first people that see these tweets, they've got to have this common sense to screenshot them for a start so they can mm. forward those onto to the police because it's a crime. Let's not forget this is a crime, it's not just a yeah. bit of bullying. Mm. And then they've got to um, report the tweets to Twitter and, and obviously block that person and then mm. Because they've, once they've got the screenshots of it all happening, they can forward it to the police. The worst, worst thing they can do is start retweeting it around the, the world. Yeah. Because that's what these yeah. people like. If it could, if if they have any common sense at all, they just put it into it there and then, before it gets seen by too many people. Mm. That's what needs to happen, but it won't obviously, um, because these people thrive on it. They will deactivate their account and they'll set another one up two minutes later, and they'll be at it again. See so, yeah, um, see. So, uh,
1: See, as Andrew is saying, see, this is another reason why, Alex, I said to you that social media platforms need a um, identity check. So when you start up a social media account, you need to prove who you are. Not, I'm not just saying by your proof of address. I mean like photo ID, so they can verify your account and who you are.
0: Yeah, yeah and it should I... take two or three days to open.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. not instantly. Yeah, sometimes mm. to verify that you are who you say you are.
1: And if you're not, then you don't yeah. get... You- I mean, maybe that, that's another a thing that social media platforms might need to consider if it's going to keep happening. Because the more people do it, the more it's going to get worse. And the more the UEFA and FIFA are not going to take no action because it's got too much for them to handle. And I think this is where the FIFA and UEFA and social media sites need to combine together and come up with a solution. Even even football clubs around the world, I think they need to do something as well. So, like, if they get caught being socially... If they're um, being caught um, racially abusing their players, then maybe they might need to get kicked out of the stadium straight away. And hmm. um, maybe they, they could go to the high courts if it comes to it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why more people aren't prosecuted when they're caught in the grounds. They're just banned from the football club. Why aren't they actually yeah. prosecuted? Because it's actually a crime that they've committed. What, what, why aren't they?
1: I think, the, I think the only reason you can probably say for that is maybe there's not enough evidence to prove it. That's the way probably well, the law would see it. But
0: what well, well, help? They, they must have, in order to be able to ban them from the stadium, they wouldn't be able to do that if they didn't have well, concrete this is,
1: proof. Well, then this is where the clubs need to take it forward and go to the police themselves and say, look, I've got the evidence, I've got the proof. Now you need to go and prosecute them. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's going to take a few high profile cases that go through the courts and actually get these people banged up. That will, they're. i would be
1: funny. They're, they're lucky that the players haven't actually took the players, um, took the people it, to court themselves.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking earlier. You, yeah. That's right. Why yeah. again? So that's going to happen. I mean, yeah. these, these tweets that I saw the other day as well—they weren't spur of the moment little tweets that were shot off, which would be bad enough. These were actually planned because there were photos being manipulated on Photoshop and everything. Wow. You know, so that's actually pre-planning the attack, mm-hmm. if you like. So mm-hmm. these people know what to do, and they have got a footprint. I know the, the, it's too late for these ones uh, because um, of the photo identity, etc., which I totally agree with. But there is a, a footprint with regards to their IP address, so mm. these people are going to yeah. hopefully be tracked down. Um, but it it takes too long; it's just ridiculous. Surely. If it starts from today do. or tomorrow, when we have to prove who you are to open a Twitter account, and it has to go through a process, which so it's not an instant thing. Then they will be able to be. It, it should eradicate the problem. Full stop. There and then on Twitter, because yeah. you you will know who that person is instantly, and they can you can have the police there within about ten to fifteen minutes at their door. Yeah, there must be a way.
3: There must be a way. I just can't believe, you know, after all these years, it's still prevalent in in football, racism.
1: But I, I said, it's like watching a documentary with, with um, Ian Wright. I mean, yeah. it's even gone back till then. So yeah, exactly. yeah. It's a football, it's, it is a football thing, but I think it mainly starts outside of football first and then it comes into football. Because as I said, it's more or less a day-to-day life. It's something that's going around where people have not... No, but my,
3: my argument is, you know, wherever uh, you see racism whether it be mm. in the workplace or at school or at football, it's confronted and dealt with. There, mm. there's a reason why after 25 years since uh, Kick It Out organisation started, that we still we still have these things going. Look, Raheem Sterling was abused. Yeah. Paul. Fogba. There's a reason why it's because the clubs are not dealing with it.
0: Mm. Not- well I heard the, um, about the, the funding that Kick It Out gets as well. And please yeah, forgive me, I don't know the exact figures. But it's paltry, absolute mm. paltry amount that they get per year. And it was less than something like one club spends in, on their cleaning bill for a year or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, again, don't quote me on it, but I've got it right in front of me. But it was something shocking like that. And um, what are they supposed to do with that sort of money in this day and age? It's just ridiculous. But it, I don't, again, I don't want to um, contradict what you were saying, but it, it's not just a, a football. Problems. These not, people do yeah. it outside of football as well. When mm. they go into the, they go into the ground, and it becomes even more excessive because of the chanting and all the atmosphere. And they think they can get away with it there. And um, but a lot of these people, I, my two brother-in-laws were Millwall fans. Uh, are Millwall fans. And um, I used to uh, when I was uh, in the in the eighties, I went home and away to watch Millwall with them for the for the laugh. Uh, and I was only about uh, 15, 16 at the time. And um, it happened absolutely. Every, back in that those days, it was very much you know rife with monkey chanting and throwing bananas on the pitch, etc. But those people that were actually committing those acts, they were they were people like barristers, and um, you know people of high profile that had such stressful jobs that they went to the football in the weekends to actually let off let off steam, basically, and be are completely anti what they are in their everyday normal lives hmm. um, with their, their wives and kids and, and, and careers. But they are still racist outside of football. Yeah. It comes out more in the football yeah. ground. So these people have got to be dealt with in different ways, um, but they've got to be dealt with by the law. And it, it will take someone like Paul Pogba to sue these people, to actually track them down and sue them himself, you know, get some people cyber people on the case and track down these people and it will take something like that to actually kickstart a whole new process um, or, even,
3: or even better still maybe maybe he can sue manchester united for not protecting their their well, employee yeah. because he's employed by yeah. manchester united yeah. so yeah, very good point.
0: manchester united for not protecting that's him? right so that's right yeah, it's me. it's an awful situation, but I don't. But I genuinely don't believe it will be eradicated, unless, like I said, education starts at a very very young age in, in school. Mm-hmm. Pre, you know, and it will then be a process. So, like I say, of all these people that are passing it down, to actually basically uh, die off, it's going to be a generational thing. Yeah, uh, because uh, as the yeah. the youngsters are growing up and get that education. They will be obviously educating their own kids in their homes correctly, fingers crossed, as well as it goes on. And it will be a pro- problem that actually dies out over time, fingers crossed. But you've got to trust in the government that they will do that sort of thing. And I don't trust politicians as far as I prefer. Leave it away. Neither do I. I.
1: See, so, Al, oh, that's a good point yeah. that you made about Man United in, um, you know, where Paul Proper could actually um, sue the club. In now, for not? me, if you think about it, Man United and all these football clubs have got social media accounts. So why are they not taking action about it? Hmm. Surely, surely surely they can see the tweets and everything of what's going around, surely.
0: Well, yeah, they obviously follow their own players. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, hmm. But I think it would be more likely that he, he could potentially form a case against Twitter itself because they've got the um, intelligence and the technology to actually spot any kind of racist or any kind of um, uh, language they want to stop being posted. Mm. They've got the technology there. They just don't use it because they think it's um, altering people's freedom of speech. Mm. But that's neglect. That is a neglectful thing.
3: Exactly. um, Exactly. mm. Exactly. Let me quickly get back into the chat very quickly before we wrap up um, this uh, segment of Easy Talk. Um, I've got uh, Gunaglen who says uh, I'm going for a 2-1 win. A late lacquer win. Winner. Okay, hopefully. And who else have we got here? I've got Ray from Arsenal Fan Circle. it's a great time to play them. And Lumberkamp. Sobajas, Willock, Torreira uh, would be the perfect midfield if they're all fit.
1: See, everyone's get either, Everyone's agreeing what i kind of went with. Yeah. I think yeah. that I think it would be the best to play.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's potential goals in there. Um, there's forward attacking options there. That that that's the um, the midfield I went for as well. So by, so by so Willock, and Torreira.
1: And now, if you, you thinking thinking, three, if you think, if you also think, too, there's a lot of energy in there as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And another one from Ray who says, uh for added, uh, excuse me, Gwendozi, as I believe we should start with two up top and bring Pepe on in the second half. See, I did disagree with that. Like mm, you, I, did. I would prefer to start Pepe. Start with Pepe and then Definitely maybe take young. him off. He's saying put him on in the second half. No, nah, nah. I'll play from the start. Play no, I think start. it's
0: better to take him off in the, if needs be and get a good start. Can you hear me okay? We need,
3: yeah, we can. Yeah, We need energy oh, okay. and ball winners in the midfield or we will lose. Energy. Shaka doesn't bring much energy. No. So, yeah. but no. Mark my words, he's going to be in that 11, the starting 11 tomorrow Andrew. I'm absolutely sure of it.
0: Um, I'll be really disappointed. I really will. It'll actually be a bit of an anti climax because I genuinely think we're going to beat Liverpool tomorrow. I don't even think yeah. there's a question in my mind. But however, that is completely dependent on the manager and his selection. Um, so yeah. I just I really hope he doesn't let us down. I really do. I mean, we're talking about uh, Mikatarian earlier as well. And uh, I just, oh, my goodness, he's just, uh, there was a quality player in there one day, but I, we've seemed to have got his identical twin brother, because I don't know where he's gone. He's just, um, some of the balls that he was playing across, he he done some really good work, and got himself in some great positions, and then the simple pass at the end against Burnley, just went flying out for a throw-in or a goal kick. It's just so frustrating. So, um, he has got a lot to offer, but I just, I just don't think it's for Arsenal anymore, to be perfectly but, honest. Ray, you remember when we was on, um,
3: uh, when we was on Ray's channel, Ray did say, mm. "Are we are we watching a Mkhitaryan who knows that his days are numbered at Arsenal? So he's like, I, you know, I, I don't really care
0: if the if the coach picks me, well, you, I'll play. If not, I don't." That really says a care. lot about his mentality. Then in that case, yeah. because if I, if that was you or me, then we'd be throwing our sleeves up and trying even harder, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, if that's the case, then we're better off without him straight away.
3: Yeah, yeah. All right, and just a couple more comments alluding to the last uh, part we were talking about um, about racism. And Twitter and all those platforms there. Uh, Don one says I've been off Twitter for about two years. It's so toxic on there. Yeah, I think Twitter has to be held more accountable. You know, I've seen that's some a shame though. In, what the hell?
0: What's going on, man? That's a shame though because it's got an awful lot to offer as well. Twitter.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, you, you've got to just. Do what's right. Do what I said earlier. Block these people. Forward on the, the report the tweets. Block them and move on because there's a lot of good people on Twitter that um, I'm really really happy to have, have made acquaintances with. You know, yeah. obviously like you know you, you two guys as well. I wouldn't know you two guys without Twitter. So Twitter. Yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame yeah. because there's a big big community of uh, very good people there. That yeah. um, I,
1: actually, I actually came I actually came across Alex. I actually on YouTube. It wasn't even dwell
0: you're right oh, yeah it? but yeah. it's, it's yeah. what yeah exactly it's one of those i mean i i, I found you both on on twitter first and foremost. so
3: yeah
0: uh it's a shame to just give it up completely but i, I do understand that there is uh, you know some people feel that way because it's there's some awful things that you see you know i felt sick to the stomach like i said earlier on this week when i saw what i saw and i never want to see that sort of thing um Mm. So fingers crossed they do do something about it. It, it. it is a positive move that they've gone to see and meet with the club. So um, mm. we'll see what comes out of that
3: meeting. Yeah, And one more just to wrap it up. It comes from Um Lundberg. Um, idiots teach their kids racism. That's how it's still around and will be very hard to get out of society. You have to feel sorry for the kids who are brainwashed into racism. Kick it out. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, well, listen, I'm I'm gonna call this um this 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 uh live show the easy talk uh to an end. Um, but before I do, I want to say a big thank you to uh, Richard from Arsenal TV. Again, guys, make sure you go over there, subscribe. Make sure he gets the the red or the white thing in his head, because I might just cut myself, <laughs> You know what I mean? Red, got to be red. Got to be red. There you go, Richard. It's got to be red. <laughs>
0: or oh, red and white, red and white stripes. There you
1: go. You've been told, Richard. Red and white. <laughs> Actually,
0: red top. Red top with white not... sleeves on the sides.
1: Come to think of it, red maybe wouldn't be such a bad idea. It's, it's a good call. I will tell you what, Richard.
3: <laughs> but Richard, but yeah, Richard we'll back a on the Easy tour, man. It's always a, a pleasure to have you back. And uh, remember, Richard um, is going to be our mainstay. He's going to be with me every Monday, is doing the fan comments at five o'clock every mm-hmm. Monday. So make sure you put your comments your angst, your anger, or whatever you want to put on Canterfoy TV in the comments box.
1: And And I'll I'll leave my uh, channel uh, in the comments so people can find it.
3: Absolutely. And last but not least, um, listen, it's the first time, but it's not going to be the last time you're going to see Andrew on Canterfoy TV. Andrew, it's been an absolute blast to have you on Canterfoy TV for the first time. I think we're going to be doing some collabs in the future, aren't we?
0: Yeah, definitely. I'd, uh, I'd say we'll hopefully get uh, get you you guys uh, onto my show perhaps next month in September. Because cross, we we'll work something out between us offline. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's been a yeah a really well. I, I've, I've actually really enjoyed the show. I think it's been um, a pleasure meeting you both, and I'm really really grateful that you've invited me on here today. Yeah. So yeah, I hope uh, I hope I didn't disappoint them. <laughs> too much. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, actually, on this side, the chat has been very, very hot. It went, it went a little bit quiet when we were talking about the final point about the racism, but it's been quite hot in in the chat. Um, oh, good. Next week, uh, Friday's easy talk, we, we're going to have uh, the original Godfather himself, Eltel, and James Rowe doing some Europa League uh, Cup um, news, and also James is going to be talking about an interview that he's done recently with uh, an Arsenal legend, and I really mean. An Arsenal legend, so make sure you tune into the Easy Talk next week, uh, Friday. Not Gus, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that'd be amazing.
3: How did you know? No,
0: I'll definitely, definitely be tuning in for it. Oh, bless you, Gus, if you're listening. I do love you,
3: <laughs> but anyway, guys, you know, thank you to all the other viewers and subscribers who tuned in. And like I always say, there can never ever be a cannon fodder TV if no subscribers, no viewers, no guests. And um, it's been, it's been an absolute blast. But you have been watching cannon fodder, the channel for Arsenal fans all over the world, and we are out. Mind now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. The crack of dawn. With dawn. Obviously.
0: If you Here we are with another edition
2: of At the Crack of Dawn.
0: Yes, indeed. Hello,
2: everybody.
0: Hello, everybody.
2: I'm Andrew. I'm Dawn.
0: And together we are Andrew and Don.
2: Cheesy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, back to life. Back to Earth with a bump after the holiday. How are you feeling?
2: Well, um, well... I, I like the hot sunshine, I like the pool, I like lazing about doing nothing because it's not very often that I get to lie about and do nothing. No, I know. At least it's hot there though. Oh, yeah, it's nice and it's hot. You a on record, I think you said today. Oh, yeah. Having, um, uh, that's nice, on. yeah. Oh, God. So, so at least we didn't have that shock when we got back. I like pissing it down my drain. I know, yeah. exactly. That's what I was
0: expected. For am honest. <laughs> anyway, so, had <laughs> a nice week. Um, in the sunshine. In the lovely sunshine. And, uh say, lovely soaked by the pool. I did the podcast with Canon Bodder and you, you said that uh, now everyone yeah. in the whole complex now knows about racism in football.
2: Yes, they do. I went off to feed my little friend that I made, my little Jairo, little black cat. And he was right around the other side of the pool and I could hear loud and clear <laughs> as the other people who were sitting around the pool and... <laughs> In their balconies and their houses and stuff, they could hear you as well. Doubt. mile down the road. Yep. Everyone's talking about racism and football, well, but well, that's good. That's the whole point. Yeah. everyone talking about the subject. Spread the word. But
0: I wasn't quite expecting it to be that way anyway, but at um, least I should have.
2: Everyone could see where I was coming from as well. I was <laughs> just like standing loud and proud on the balcony. Here we are, look at me. <laughs> and I'm talking, and about the neighbours, oh, God, well, God knows what the neighbours were thinking, but. Oh, well, it's all done I now. Well. Well, I know.
0: Well, so the week in twitter has been another good one as it always is um i sent you over a few tweets that i thought were worth mentioning have you got those i have yeah
2: and i think there's quite a few from your favorite yeah afc bam yeah, as always. I don't know what on earth it's on about or where it's come from. However, I quite like it because it's quite funny. Arsenal fans don't be disheartened that we're losing 1-0. Did Oscar Pistor- Pistorius lose hope after Win- Winnie Mandela chopped his legs off? No, he grew new ones or went on to shoot his bird dead. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a picture there who's Sam at Sam something Henry. There's a picture, is that looks like somebody spitting the coffee out or is that like his dog? Oh yeah, that was a, that was a gift that was oh. just
0: make someone that was laughing that's not supposed it's like a someone that's not really supposed to be laughing because it shouldn't sort of be funny, but it obviously yeah. is.
2: That reminds me of my um good friend Haley who had me re- always laugh about coffee snot because she did exactly the same and made her laugh when she was taking a mouthful of coffee and snotted right do- right down the nose. <laughs> coffee snot.
0: Well my uh, friend at school, Matthew Riley. He once laughed like that in, in class. This is, pre- this is primary school. And he had the biggest, longest grass snake ever dangling from his Ew. nose. And it was like, it probably, obviously he was going quite small in primary school, but it basically touched the floor. And it was as thick as a grass snake and all bright green. And then it was like, uh, yeah, everyone called him grass snake after that. It was absolutely rank. I've never seen anything like it. There's proper... Uh, glowing in a dark type of green as well like nuclear waste Mm. hanging out his nose he's the same one who once we were getting ready to do pe in the hall and um we all had to get undressed into our vest and pants back in the day and um he got undressed and he just carried on getting undressed and he was completely naked took everything off folded it up put it on his desk and then suddenly realized what he'd done and he started crying that's it Oh, that
2: speaking time. about trying in primary school, there was this um, young lad who I went to school as well, He was young was the same age as me. Michael his name was, I won't say his uh, name just in case anybody knows him. Um, but he put his hand up, we were in assembly and we all used to sit on the floor in the hall. And he put his hand up saying he needed to go for a wee and he was made away to, to go for a wee and then he read himself. And I can still <laughs> remember that like 40 years later. He's <laughs> <laughs> awful oh, though. Because, I know. Them. No. put a, <laughs> a
0: big puddle around him. Bless him. Yeah, well, that when I, uh, I told you about when I uh, was in home economics, and we were chopping up some chilies and I got the chilli seed in my eye. Oh, thank you. And the, it was the most painful thing ever. That, like It was burning right through my skull and outside the end, and my back end of uh, my skull. And the teacher just thought I was trying to get out of class. They wouldn't let me go out of the class. And in the end, I just ran out anyway. it's like, ah! anyway what
2: else is there there is the next one is mr arsenal at cotswold Worcester, shop for worcestershire probably
0: um, oh he's the one uh he was the victim of afc bam who went what he call fishing by putting like um some kind of Baked. deliberately, yeah, antagonising tweets out there mm-hmm. in order to, yeah, get Let's some responses f- like that. All and this right. is one of the, yeah, victims of his fishing.
2: All right. So he says, I'd go and find a plastic surgeon if I was you, Granny. You probably don't know any more about Arsenal than this retarded simpleton. Call yourself a fan, it's clown like you, and this dipsy who gives Spud something to laugh at. He's getting abuse from modes deservedly.
0: Yeah, no, he, he he just went on and on. Oh, that was hilarious. He just, um, I can't. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was probably forwarded on the original thing, the whole um spread, if you like. But that's uh, one thing that he's really good at, with regards to uh, fishing and getting real good quality bites, yeah. shall we say.
2: I like that, winding people up. To know, exactly. It. It's a uh, really hilarious. What's the next so, one? The next one is from you, Andrew the Hinckley Gooner. Oh, is it? Yes, it says, unpopular opinion. One, I bloody hate tweets that start with unpopular opinion. Two, I don't think they exist. You have your opinion. The person who disagrees has a different opinion, that's all. Three, state your opinion, not something that makes you sound like a clueless knobjoppy.
0: Well, in that towards we sparked something from um, one of my favourite as a Arsenal Boston.
2: Yeah. He says knob jockey, laughing, smiley face. That just landed in America like Christopher Columbus. Officially adopting it, word on my sign. You filled your boots, son, it? it's a gift.
0: <laughs> and it carries on. What it, you uh, say? C- it carries on from um, knob jockey to some other quite interesting other alterations of the term knob jockey.
2: That- Fudge Packer type
0: thing. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Oh. I didn't have not got that. You have. I've not. Yeah, you have. I don't think I have. If I have, uh, can't find it. Okay. Can move on to the other ones. Okay, move on to the other ones. I'm not down with these tweeting things, so I have no idea. What else, uh? what other than Fudge Packer then? not Jockey, Fudge Packer? Shirt Lifter. Shirt Lifter. Pillow
0: Biter. Oh. Uh, what were the other ones? Be
2: quite familiar
0: oh, with these terms. I made one up, didn't I? What did I was, I'll tell you? It was what's a giblet, re, giblet oh, retriever? No. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a giblet retriever. Something like that. Yes. I thought it was oh. Nice with that one. oh. Right then the next one we'll just be like move on. <laughs> says, um oh hold up, hold up, here The next one says Just walked in and my uncle was shabbing his dog. Absolute human that she cheated me like that, fucking slut. My uncle can fuck off as well. Who that? to their nephew? <coughs> yeah. Who's in that? That was um some credit. HXL Yeah. Yeah. That's a... Uh, that's a lovely one, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think there's
0: it's three...
2: Why the hell would you admit to shagging your dog? I think it's a, <sighs> kind of a joke. I think so, too. I was yeah. just kidding. I don't think he would be shagging
0: his cat. You never know.
2: He might have put that on, so it looks like it's a joke, but he's actually fuming because he found his uncle shagging his bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Dog. Yeah, exactly. Could have had another meaning, couldn't it? Yes. Is there a riff on underneath that? Yeah,
2: you? it says Un- Eddie Longbridge. And I like Eddie, Eddie Longbridge as Eddie well. Longbridge. <laughs>
0: He's the one that's been entertaining us with his drawings. Alright. Drawings? Yeah, I've shown you a couple of his oh, drawings, I'm so okay.
2: That just goes to how much? You take notice. Yes. Erm, yeah, um, unpopular opinion. Kieran Tierney is actually Sam Beckett from The Future sent here with Al the Hologram to save Reese Nelson from being injured by a falling tree during a heavy storm which ultimately ruins his crime and causes him to be an alcoholic and the homeless! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> Do you remember that paragraph? Yes. I loved that paragraph Yeah, so that was, that was um, Quantum Leap, was Quantum wasn't it? Leap, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, you used to come back as like a, a black woman in the 1960s in oppressed America and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> used to like, Quantum Leap, that was up there with kind of like... Um, uh, oh, God, Jesus. A-Team, Airwolf, Night Rider, well, like Saturday afternoon shit. Although it was unbelievable. You say bed, that, yeah, so. but I thought I was quite, you know,
0: old. You know, I felt old older and more mature when i was watching quantum leap
2: And exactly. quantum so leap is kind of thinking. probably it's a bit like the x files and stuff wasn't it yeah either, mm. either way i can remember them all from like saturday afternoon we used to sit around me and my dad and my brother eating cheese on toast and i then my mum would put into like little square thing there's a dotted tomato sauce on each square for us and we'd oh, bless
1: sit
2: her. and watch all the little mm. i used to like a bit of pasta sauce on the cheese on toast mm. as well I, do,
0: so I just that's before you put it under the grill. Mm. Yeah, that's all nice. But yeah, I felt like a bit more mature when I was watching Quantum Blade. Because it's a bit more in-depth. I you have sp- think a bit more. I No. Yeah. Good luck watching, um Call My Bluff with my, with my dad. Remember that program? Yeah, I can, yeah. I used to love that laugh or something. Oh, yeah, I was going
2: say he looked like, I can remember him looking old, I
0: can't remember what his name was. Oh yeah, he we dug up in the grave of him for every
2: episode. <laughs> <laughs> any more for any more? Yep, yeah, let's, uh, let's have a look, see what we've got here. We've got... AFC Bam again. Said, so today, our fans are arguing about... What? I can't even read that word. Costly... Koscielny, oh Koscielny, old uh, Skipper. All oh, right, old oh, 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 one. Yes. So today our fans are arguing about Koscielny. It's something different every day. I miss the days when we all did some lines, got right off our faces, got into tear ups with opposing fans. Sometimes how the good old days. It almost makes me feel like I wish I liked football to <laughs> do that with him. Type of thing. Back to the eighties. Back to it. the eighties. All right.
0: When I was about, well, a young teenager, I went home and away for three seasons with my old, well, technically still my brother-in-law's, who are Millwall fans. Technically still uh, his
2: brother-in-law's because he's
0: still. Oh my God, we got into some scrapes. Millwall, in the 80s. I can imagine. A lot of stories. Yeah. Oh yeah, my brother-in-law was hit round the head with a brick in um, Middlesbrough. Could have quite easily lost his eye. Um we went um, obviously I was living, clearly living in London at the time, but I went to Villa Park which is not that million miles away from here now and we walked around the stadium we got ushered around this special back way and I was uh, being, um, only about 13 oh, about 13 must have been, maybe I was the first one of all the Millwall fans to be spotted and confronted by probably about two to three hundred Aston Villa fans all with baseball bats or you name it. Got bits of wood with nails sticking through it and all nice. that sort of stuff. That started running at us and I was right at the front. Wow. Because I was young and sprightly, I managed to get away quite quickly. Oh please, hear it. Yeah, I know. we had <laughs> snooker balls thrown at us
2: in grounds. Um, How can you say you're with your brother in arms? I just went for the crowd. Are you, they're your sisters? Yeah. But, oh, right. I was well, thinking. Oh, yeah, no. God, no. That's,
0: that's what a what little was bit more recent.
2: Yes, that's what I am thinking. Happy 13 years. No, Jesus,
0: no. no. But yeah, that, uh, that was quite... You know, it got hairs on my chest. Yes. Along with a good old Rat Burger. Rat Burger? Everybody does a Rat oh, Burger? No. Oh, I do
2: actually that. prefer a Rat Burger to
0: a McDonald's Burger. You've got yeah, it, but, yeah, But, yeah, they can be a lot nice. Yeah.
2: So should we read the next one? Go on then. I forgot the name of that guy already. Kosh Koscielny. Like a lot of players, Koscielny will always be tainted by what's happened during Wenner's last few years at the club for me. Very good defender perhaps in the better side under another manager. He'd have been a great defender. Wish him well regardless. Yeah, he what? That was off Gaz Gaz W the gooner.
0: Yeah, well he basically went on strike. Right. Our uh, old skipper, which is a great. Uh,
2: is that who you were telling me about the
0: other day? You just said, I'm not playing, and that was it, he didn't? Yeah. Oh. you supposed to go on, um, to the American tour with the rest of the team. And he team. said, I'm not going. And he just decided you will not going. But oh. the whole story. Did he get sacked? No. We finally managed to sell him. Oh.
2: are so so
0: to buy body- somebody like that
2: there?
0: Well, considering he's got the body of uh, like a like,
2: 1972 Morris Minor. Oh. Um, it's funny, like, like doing well, your, yeah. uh, you'd like your, CV and you is it, like, any references? Yeah, I just told my old manager I didn't want to play, Well, I don't, I, basically, it's it like such a... got factions anybody else, but
0: you job,
2: like, Yeah, no, that's what, I,
0: I was, but that's the point I was making all the time. I said, well, in any other walk of life, if you go in and say to your boss and say... I don't know, lots of companies have to go and do, like, these industry... Shows or something like that, don't they? You know, a yeah. show your com- company's product. Say you had, your boss said, Right, you got to go there in I don't know, the Amsterdam for a week. And he said, No, fuck it, I ain't going. I don't want to
2: go. Well, sometimes. Yeah, well, I think you'd be sacked immediately. Well, yeah, of course you would. Sometimes at work, if there's not work for whatever job people do, but there's a, another job that needs doing, even if it is a shitty job. Then would well, that have a you to do this? Then no, no, no. just crack on and do it because you're just getting you get to it. If you said, no,
0: I'm not doing it, then you're not doing your job. And exactly, and more kind, kind of um um you know what kind of indication is that for the young kids that are coming through as well oh, yeah. into the team? Well he's the skipper and he's it's oh.
2: just basically saying, yeah, you can make It's work. okay to act like an arsehole. Yeah, exactly. And not get on the, on the plane. No, I wouldn't have that. i just sacked him. To him. And then, when we sold you Well, when you do sack somebody, can you actually sack a football not? Yeah, it have to be... I mean, it's hard for you hardly so, ever, hardly I'm going to say, I suppose you... If you bought mm-hmm. him for a shitload of money, and then you just sack him, you can't then sell him, can you? Because then you just lost your money. Exactly. How do you get your money back then? You can't. But then does that make anybody else not want to hire him Because he's been fired
0: No really? Because if he's a good player Then they'll hire him still Well I suppose they've had to sell him then not they Exactly He puts you in a position where you have to then And he, we wanted to keep him for another season But he put us in a position where we couldn't Did he just and not want to play for Arsenal then? He wanted to go home to France And I think the When we still had uh, Arsene Wenger as manager Ars? We made Ars Ars yeah Yeah we well it's widely thought that he was promised that he could leave this summer mm. and go back to France with his family. But then his
2: manager took over and said you know. Yeah, well Arsenal left, the whole
0: regime was gone. They had new owners and got new managing you know, a new head of football and all that. Don Raoul. It's uh, oh, not really called Don Raoul, but it was called him that. Right. Because he's a bit like a gangster. I
2: see. I was about to say it just sounds
0: a little bit like Don a not Licky blue eyes. Oh, mm. Um, and they're more tough. Yeah. So why would you let someone who's under contract go for nothing? And that's the way the club used to be, unfortunately, and that's why we've got less money than other clubs, because we let players go for nothing. Yeah. When other teams will sell them for um, 40, 50 million, something. Yeah. And it's uh, they're stupid. Yeah. And, like I say, football is a completely different world. You don't have to, if you don't hit your targets, you still get paid. You get sacked, and you get paid for them. Remaining amount of contract. Mm. There's no other walk of life where that would happen. No. You're paid for failure.
2: No. Everybody we'll be failing all over the place, wouldn't me if that was the case. Exactly, yeah. Should we do, Should we do Anything one? else for anything else? Yeah, I've just spotted this. It's uh, a little sign that says uh, Paul 41 at Laugh Out Loud. Imagine being stuck here without a paddle. Then there's a sign like a little <laughs> green sign that says sp- Spunk Creek. Spunk Creek. Oh, can you imagine? That makes you feel a bit sick when you think about it. Imagine being in a canoe that's kind down kind river for a river. Well, does that word in Australia? Like, when you're spunking? That's like a Yeah, bottom. that's right. What is spunk? spunk? Yeah, the big looking He's a cover spunk! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're good-looking, like they used to say in Neighbours. I like know, that. that's what I am about to say. I'm sure it's like one of those programmes. I've been oh, there, he's a bit of a spunk. A bit of one. I've been in Australia looking at those uh, little green signs with the white writing. I've been in Australia and I met a, a lovely couple. And um, Vicky, she was tall and thin and got very very small babies. And I'm well a little bit shorter, not fat at all. We got quite large babies. And then we just went past up in the, the Northern Territory. Little little baby, no, one a baby? It was little little titty creek, a big titty creek. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Then I, I said, what happens if we, like, get up Shed Creek? We need to make a sign, if a van breaks down or something, And we'll get a sign that says up Shed Creek without a paddle. <laughs> Hopefully somebody stops. And it's, like, around the same time that that, like, what's his name, Peter okay. No, no, Peter Andre. Well, he was in the jungle. Well, oh, he made yeah. very well a been all about on in the jungle. That guy who went missing in Australia in the outback, Peter, was his name Peter? Crouch? No, um, um, I can't remember. It'll come to me, maybe. But anyway, it was around about the same time, and we were doing we about an axe acts and everything in the car. No,
0: no. Really? Yes. Well, it's obviously not related. No. But It reminds me of when it came into my head and talked about little babies and big babies. reminded me of. Oh, back to. Pat- fatty the- and Skinny asleep in bed. Fatty rolled over and Skinny was dead.
2: Oh. Fatty and Skinny asleep in bed. Fatty blew off and Skinny dropped dead. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. That's
2: all right. <laughs> Any more then? we leave the rest uh, till next week? Yes, you sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. It's well, been, it. been fun. Enjoyed been an it. an absolute rip-roaring pleasure. Amazing. So I nice. have no idea what these tweets and stuff are at all, but it's been You'll fun. You'll get there one day. Yeah, I won't, because I'll... I don't know. Thanks for listening, anyway. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.